Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hey everyone, um, yeah, Andy and Dave from Evertrack HQ. Uh, a little bit of a different setup this week. We've... Um, we wish we could do it like we did last week with uh, Brecken Mountain Rescue, which was fantastic. Um, but yeah, the, the logistics to make it happen were quite interesting. Um, yeah, so we're kind of back to doing it like we've done since um, since March, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have joined us, uh, do let us know. Do comment just to let us know who's on. Um, hey, Paul. Hey, Lee. Um, give us a little thumbs up or just drop in, say a little, hey, y'all, if uh, you're here. Uh, hey, Mick. Uh, hey, Troops. Um, and Mikiko as well. Great to see some um, normal names on here, as always. Um, hey, Debbie. Hey, Sean. Uh, loads of people joining now, which is awesome. Jerome, as always. Jerome, I know this must go in your in your diary every week, mate, because you're always there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as is a few of you. So, um, yeah, fair news. I'm, I'm well done. Um, today, Dave, um, what are your favorite things to talk about, mate? Yeah. So, um, yeah, first of all, yeah, like you said, I'm back to the, um, you know, the normal, the, the budget filming, <laughs> you know, no longer Good Morning Britain or Good Morning Evertrack. But um, yeah, no. So, yeah, today, well, you know, over the last sort of couple of weeks, we noticed that, um, you know, the weather's changing, it's getting colder, it's getting wetter. Um, but it's also that time of year when people are sort of kicking it into high gear with their training, ready yeah. for next year's, um, you know, expeditions and stuff like that. Um, people like yourself as well, you know, you'll look outside see hail lashing against the window and assume it's perfect trekking weather so we wanted to talk a little bit about you know um you know how to stay warm how to keep the core temperature up how to stay healthy in the mountains um we're going to talk a little bit of specifics about certain kit that we've used um we're also going to talk about layering and things like that um so yeah all, all all the good stuff mate all the good stuff love a kit chat love a kit chat i know time I to chat a complete load of kit <laughs> <laughs> Now we've, um, I, I know we've, we've touched on equipment loads over the last sort of seven or eight months, um, but we felt, yeah, it has got a, a little bit chilly the last week um, over in the UK. Um, I know we've got people joining us from, from all over the world. I think we've even got Dawa. Namaste. Dawa. Hope all is well, mate. Um, I know we've got a few people from, uh, where's, where's Leah? She's always on here um, from Australia and a few, um, few of our good friends over from the US. But anyway, let's get into it, Dave. Um, yeah, where should we start with? Should we start? Let's start from the top, should we? Should we go big, big down jackets? Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing we always sort of preface it is, you know, like staying healthy and warm and on the mountains or staying cool on the mountains it never really comes down to just sort of one piece of equipment. You know, we always say, um, you know, you want to sort of prep for four seasons, you know, because it might be cold, it might be dry, it might be hot, um, it might be wet. Um, you'll probably experience all of those things on all of the trips that we do um so yeah one of the big one of the big important things and i suppose the the big ticket items that we sort of see down jacket down sleeping bag probably yeah. along with boots the three most expensive things that are in your uh, duffel bag when you go up to ebc or kilimanjaro um and it's a bit of a funny one the down jacket as well because there's so many variants of it now i know there's a lot of synthetic stuff coming through um, I'm pretty sure if Diane is on here, she'll be like firing off lots of good recommendations for vegan friendly down jackets and things like that. Yeah. Um, so whatever your, uh, you, you know, your thoughts are, um, you know, there's going to be something so you can sort of comfortably, um, you know, buy the jacket you need. 
I we went to Killy in February and we had a really, really cold summer day on February. Hey, Namaste, Anuj is here. He's on his way to Merapeak at the moment, lucky guy. He is, isn't he? He's uh, enjoying it. Enjoying it. He's in car at the moment, right? He's out in- yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and maybe Anuj can tell us what jacket he's actually using for Merapeak at the moment. Um, that'd be quite handy. Um, I know for um, Kilimanjaro, I use the mountain equipment uh, Lightline jacket. Lightline yeah. or Lifeline? Lightline. Lightline. Lightline jacket, yeah. Very Lightline good. Lightline jacket. Yeah, really good. Reason why I really like that jacket, I first saw it, um, one of the Evertrackers, when I was back in April, was using it. It was on uh, the Gokyo trip. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it looked, it looked absolutely fantastic. And when I looked it up, it's one that you can get from usually a really good value. Um, you know, most down jackets that, are, you know, you might be like four, 400 pounds or something for a good one. The light line you can get from around 200, something like that. Um, yeah, so pretty good. Pretty good stuff. It's a yeah. good value. The, the light line jacket is great. I, I was chatting with Tom. Uh, he's been with Ember Space Camp to us, um, with us uh, back in April last year. And he took uh, the Microlite Alpine jacket to uh, Everest Base Camp last year. And I know it was, you know, it was fine. Um, you know, Tom's a guy, and he admits he's a very fit guy. He's got very, very low amount of body fat. So he feels the cold, you know, probably more than the average Joe. Hmm. Michael Alpine was probably a bit low for him. He needed something like the light line, um, which he's actually ordered uh, this week. Um, we've chatting and he's, he's put an order in. And he's getting that jacket because, uh, you know, as, as winter's coming in. Um, obviously, we're you know, if you've been following us for a while, we've, we've talked about the Evertrek jackets that we're making in Nepal. And I feel like even when we're talking about down jackets, we, we have to, so, you know, we, we feel like we should talk about them because they are good jackets, not technical jackets. And this is where we, there's a big range. You can you can get sort of the, the, the low end range, I'd say, somewhere that it's going to keep you warm, probably in the autumn. Um, you know, you're probably looking at maybe anything between sort of 50 to 100 pounds uh, on a jacket. Then you're probably looking at that type of area. Then you're going to go up to sort of I, I, I call like all rounders. An all rounder would be the the, the Rab Microlite Alpine, uh, the one yeah. with the. I call that an all rounder because it's um, it, it's quite versatile. You can wear it in the autumn. You can wear it in the spring evenings, and you can wear it during winter. Although with you know with a sort of mid layer underneath, like a fleece and the base layer. Um, then you've got your high end, I would say, like the light line, which is a bit bigger, seven to eight hundred downfill jackets, um, which again, uh, in terms of the Evertrek jacket that we've got in the pool. Um, and Lauren, if you're uh, on the live, which I think she is, uh, <laughs> uh, could you chuck the link in there if anyone wants to get the jacket? I know a lot of you on here already have got that jacket and brilliant. Um, they're being made as we speak. So, yeah, we're really chuffed beans of how many orders yeah. we've had for that. Um, just to help the guys over in Nepal. And, you know, I was messaging Anuj this morning because um, I know he's, he's he's in the middle of climbing Island Peak, but um, the rest of the team, they're getting it sorted. Merit. And, you know, the, the, uh, sorry, Merit. <laughs> <laughs> he's already summited. He's already summited Island. He's already so, summited um, Island. He's climbing Merit. And, he, and, and, you know, he, I could feel the, obviously the warmth from him, um, you know, and the thanks as well, because it's um, obviously getting these jackets will help the guys, yeah. um, you know, over the, the coming sort of months before spring season which we can't wait um but yeah so i i felt i'd, I'd had to um you know it's important to talk about our jacket which yeah. we would call sort of mid to high range if you're talking about um a bit of down what down the insulation yeah um, you know and it's 100 quid so you know it's pretty pretty good pretty affordable at the moment yeah. um yeah so with the high-end jackets then you, you're then going into 
you know, whilst we're talking about Merrow Peak and Island Peak, then you've got sort of 800 or more downfill, which are big jackets. You know, you, you'll see them. You look like the Michelin man. Yeah. Um, and you've got a couple of jackets. Dave, is it called the Rab Positron jacket? That I, think we've posit- I think, yeah, I think the, the it might be the Positron, yeah. The, the, basically, it's the yeah. successor to the jacket that me and you both used for quite a long time. Yeah. Which was the Infinity Pro Endurance jacket. Yeah. Um, still a good jacket, still holds up now. Like, I mean, I used mine, my that rab for in 2016 for the first time. Um, you know, and it, it um, it's in Nepal now, but I'm sure it's still holding up um, really well. You used yours on Killy in February, right? Was I've it? used it on every, yeah, I've still got it. Mine's about five, almost six years old, and you know, they're, they're yeah, 300 quid, they're, they're expensive, but I'm, I'm gutted they don't make it because I, I, I haven't stopped talking about it since I've had it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but rab do do a new one i mean and then you get to stuff like i mean if any of you guys like really really want like a super warm jacket all you got to do is google like best jackets for six thousand meter peaks and stuff like that and you will get a huge yeah. list of like jackets that are designed they normally have like a really high collar um you know big huge hood really lofty things you will look like the michelin yeah. man but they're they're designed for one thing and that's to like keep that warmth trapped in the loftier the jacket and the puffier you look generally, the warmer it is. Yeah. Because all that space between the down just sort of like traps the hot air and keeps it in. Um, there's a make I'm quite interested in, a British make, I believe, called PHD. Yeah, um, very nice. Yeah, very- yeah, they're really good, I think. And um, I know that, um, uh, what's his name, Ben Fogel used a PHD summit suit um, yeah. to, when, he, when he summited Everest. So um, that's one make that I'm particularly interested in. I might be looking into them for... Something like uh, Island on Mera or Aconcagua, that type of thing. Yeah. Do you think um, any ever trekkers um, have used PhD? Because I know I, Dave, I know it's quite new to us, but yeah, if there's anyone that has used that, yeah, do do let us know how you got on with it, um, what you what your thoughts were on the jacket. We're, we're obviously keen to keen to, to learn, know and learn about that, mate. Yeah. Because um, we we've heard good things so far. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we should say as well that for the most of our trips, like yeah. Everest Base Camp, Kilimanjaro. Machu Picchu and stuff like that. You're not gonna need the high, high end of like you know insulation jackets. There's no need for you to go and spend like 600 pounds on a jacket or anything like that. Um, at the moment, I think probably the best value probably is what Andy said: the the micro light, uh, the um, mountain equipment light line is a yeah. really good value jacket. I mean, I think I paid around 200 pounds for mine. Um, it's too big to wear casually, really. You look a bit ridiculous walking around Cardiff with it. But uh, I do think that um, it's a great jacket. I mean, I don't know how cold it was when me and Andy went up Killy in February, but it was definitely below, I think, minus 10 in the wind or something, maybe even less. Oh, the wind chill, yeah. It was, it was pretty, you know, talking about minus 10. And even then, you know, it's, uh, with the wind, it doesn't matter what sort of jacket you have sometimes. It'll still get through. Um, you know, so it's just about... Trying to keep that core temperature up is important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, a few questions coming through around the jackets. And Jerome, uh, you've asked there about the, the some confusion around the Evertrek down jackets. Suitable for extreme altitude, 7,000 meters. Um, no, we would say no for that, Jerome. Um, yeah, not sure you heard that. But basically for any like base camp, Killy, perfect. Um, yeah, if you go in 7,000 meters, you're going to need a you know a decent jacket, mate um yeah so you know if you're looking at sort of three four five hundred pound more you yeah. know seven thousand meters um you know that is extreme altitude so yeah uh especially when you, you like say aconcagua probably need something a bit thicker um you know if, if you're if you're talking about seven thousand meters mate yeah exactly um so we got also what sean ratcliffe said here you he was thinking yep. of maybe going for the montane featherlight jacket what do you guys think 
So uh, I own one. Um, I used it for EDC last April. Yeah. Um, I tell you, it's not as warm as maybe the RAB or the mountain equipment. So I did find myself when when I needed it, I, um, I, I tended to pair it with like a heavy fleece and stuff like that just for the extra stuff. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things as well. Like when we say it doesn't always come down to one piece of equipment, um, always try and, you know, get your layering system right. Because I tend to run quite hot. So I'm, I tend to wear like a base layer that sits quite tight against the skin, moves all the moisture off my skin and then, you know, and basically allows it to travel outwards while storing the heat. Um, I think that jacket's pretty good at that, but it depends how hot or cold you run. You know, it, it, for, for the UK, it's probably going to be more than anything you need. Um, if you go to EBC and it's quite cold, you may need to pair it with like like a, a fleece or something else, just to just add layers to keep it to keep you warm and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Nice, Dave. Nice. So yeah, okay. We talked. So we talked about jackets then. I mean, I know I know we could talk about damn jackets all day. Um, you know, they're, they're yeah. kind of, um, there's, there's more than enough down jackets floating around the Emtrek office at the moment. Um, but yeah, with uh, the next thing, let's do talk about sleeping bags then, Dave. I, I know we've we've done lives all around sleeping bags, but we, uh, you know, we can touch on it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you what would you start with? Sorry, I'm looking for my mobile there. Um, so I think the four season sleeping bag. Um, yeah. So it, you literally it starts from one end of the. You know, you can get four season sleeping bag for about 90 quid and you can get a four season sleeping bag for around a thousand. So it's, it, it, there is a huge range. Um, I use, and I know Andy uses as well, the Rab Ascent 700, yeah. which is like a three to four season. Um, and I've never needed anything more, um, for like Everest base camp or Kilimanjaro or anything like that. Um, it's been really, really good. Um, yeah. They do do a, a 900 as well, which is referring to the fill again. So we use the 700 fill sleeping bag, which is a three to four. Then you've got the 900, which is a definite four. And what it talks about is the extreme. Now, one bit of caution I want to say when people look at the, the extremes, so they'll say, oh, a sleeping bag that's good for minus 15. That'll yeah. be the extreme. So that's designed to keep you alive in minus 15. You know, warm is sort of where the comfort zone is. So yeah. don't just look at the the most you know the the lower end figure and think that it's going to be great because although you're probably not going to be trying to sleep in that just for my own like peace of mind the 700 sits right in the middle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I also think down sleeping bag as well um, is is what you need. One they're like they compress really small, they're quite light and then they they expand. Um, but what you can do if you don't because the, the rab is around what and 300. 350 something like that yeah it might be cheaper if you want to get say uh like a a cheaper one you can always combine it with like a liner a silk liner something like that um and and then also don't you know don't overcomplicate things you know like i often think well, if i'm cold i'll put clothes on <laughs> you know so like in the in the tent on killy you know like if i was really cold i just put my down jacket on and yep. then go to bed nice and warm and then almost always be ripping it off and throwing it away, like, you know, because I'm too hot in the night. But, well, it's um, kind of, uh, you, you kind of get after four or five days, it becomes a, your suit, doesn't it? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, you know, you, you've got to sleep in it, you wake up in it, and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to wash, and I'll just keep going. Yeah. And after yeah. it becomes that sort of suit that you wear. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, it's not until you get back to sometimes. I mean, you, you can get a shower or two, uh, you know, if we're talking about Everest Base Camp now, um, you know, shower two on the way on the way down, you know, on the way up sometimes, depends on the weather. Yeah. It's not slowly heated. But when you get that first shower in Kathmandu, there's 
nothing quite like the amount of dirt that comes off you. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, just, just, yeah, just don't, don't look down at your toes because you won't see them. <laughs> you know, just be brain water. But um, I actually find Killy was at that. Like, EBC some, is, yeah. it's, it's dusty, but it's like rocky dust, you know? So it isn't really out or it's ice. Where on Kilimanjaro, it's like that thin sort of brown, dusty stuff that just sticks to everything. So remember me and Andy were joking, like, that we had, like, a full wash. And then by the time we got out the tent, just having to put your hand on the ground and move the, the, the flat back, black again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that dust is like pride, you know. Like, I'll never clean my rucksack. You know, that, that's ingrained in killy dust now, which is uh, infused with it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Now, there's um just going, just going through some of the comments. There's, there's some really great um just again go back to down jackets and, and we're look you know we're, we're talking about that as well. Some really good recommendations. Um, you know, so definitely go through the comments there because I think naturally we we always talk about jackets that we use um or that come recommended, but you know there's a lot out there. Um, and yeah, there's there's some really good comments on there. Was it the Rab Electron? Um, I think that's sort of, a, again, a, a variation of one we've used. Um, but, yeah, sleeping bags, Dave. Sorry. Um, I know we're talking about sleeping bags. I, I say the ones we use as well, sort of in the pool that you can hire, um, and the ones on Killy, um, again, they're, they're enough for your trip. So, <clears throat> you know, if you want to save a few a few bob, you can you can just use those yeah. with, a, with a liner. Uh, makes yeah. It nice. yeah, they're not brand new, so don't expect them to – you yeah. know, they're not going to smell of fresh lavender when you pick them up and stuff like that. But, you know, but they're, they're designed to keep you warm. And after the first night, yeah, your body will smell just as bad as the bag. Um, so just just make sure that, um, yeah, like Andy said, a line is nice because at least then you know that you are sleeping technically inside something brand new, fresh and clean. Um, oh, I've got an interesting comment here from Jackie Bradley. You yeah. in EBC, Gokyo uh, and Island Peak in April 2022. It's an awesome April. Nice. Um, so that's the ultimate island peak trip. Um, always suffer with cold legs and bum. Any suggestions? Cold legs and bum. Wow. Um, first thing I would say is uh, lined trekking trousers are probably going to be really good for you. Um, I know crag hoppers and rab do some. Crag hoppers are probably like the the best that you you can get for the price. I know Andy's had a pair. I've had a pair. And they're just they are just fleece lined. That'll make a big difference. Yeah. Um, other things you can do as well is like merino wool, um, like long johns, that type of thing. Um, that'll just like keep the heat trapped in. Again, it all comes back to that layering. So from head to toe, you want to be thinking about layering in order to keep you warm. Um, it's one of those things that I always like. I, I run. I have the opposite problem. I run too hot. But what I find happens is that I'll be trekking, say, up to Tengboche on Namshi, and it'll be like boiling hot. And then by the time I get to the top and it's sort of late in the afternoon and I start getting cold because I'm like, I've been sweating loads. Um, so having the layer in there just make it does make a huge difference. So the base layer has got to be tight against your skin because that way it'll draw everything out. Um, and always have like a windstopper jacket or a Gore-Tex jacket or something to throw on because your core temperature will plummet as soon as you get into the Himalayan night. I guarantee that. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. Great questions coming in as well. I know we've had a few on email, Dave. I think uh, yeah. I know, I, we're continuing the, the winter theme, but should we should we answer some of those questions as well? Yeah, why not? Let's get on it. I think Lauren. Um, then we got one from uh, Martin McCollum. Martin, uh, great stuff. I recognise Martin's name this time. <laughs> yeah. uh, Martin won um, our recent competition, right? Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I think he. Um, I think I actually emailed him. Uh, <laughs> Having forgot the name of the winner, 
<laughs> to, and then he had to reply and be like, all right, guys, yeah, uh, sorry, I, I actually won. <laughs> so, yeah, Martin, competition winner. Um, no, that'd be great. Um, yeah, Martin uh, asked a, a really good question. Um, and I know we've we've kind of discussed this before on some of our lives, um, but if you missed it, Martin, it's, um, it's around Lukla um, when you arrive at the weight limits. Because we do talk about the weight limits, um, you know, your, all of your bags, so your, your duffel bag and your um, day pack of 15 kgs. Um, and looking at, obviously, the jackets, you know, like our Evertrek jacket, for instance, sleeping bags, a couple of kgs. And the weight of our 80-litre Evertrek duffel bag, it's, it's quite light, actually. Um, I'd say it's about this. It's about a kilo, isn't it, Dave? I remember I so, yeah. on the ground and we were measuring it and it was just under a kilo, I think. Yeah, I think so. I th I'm sure we have measured it, but it's one of those things I never really focus too much on. Yeah. Because we, like we always say, they measure your kit, not you. Um, so one of our top tips is, you know, if you put your sleeping bag and everything in there, yeah. weigh your bag till it's around 15 kilos. But anything yeah. heavy like a camera or, or batteries or anything like that, just keep in your pockets and things like that. Empty water bladders, don't carry any excess uh, water and stuff like that. But um, I'd say about a kilo might be about right. Because they are sort of um, waterproof ones, so they tend to be a bit thicker. They're not just like canvas bags. Yeah, um, meat on they? they're, they're Yeah, exactly. I'd say about a kilo. I'll weigh one. I'll weigh one for you, and we'll get back to you, okay? That's what we'll do. We'll go the extra mile. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but so. I'm alive, so yeah, I, I, did, I did notice. Hey, Martin, uh, nice to see you on here, mate. Um, Dave, we've got a boot question from another oh, day. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Dave Clayton, yeah. So, uh, what is your advice for those who have like foot spread? So, I'm assuming like wide feet, pinched toes, loss of nails. He's Ooh. finding it difficult to get a uh, a wide boot that's also technical enough. Interesting question. Um, first thing I recommend is you get yourself a pair of nail clippers. So, my keys. See, doesn't weigh anything. Nice and thin. Doesn't have a blade, and then it springs open. Nail clipper. That's for trekking. Um, yeah, because Dave's uh, obviously feet are everywhere, you know, he is a yeti, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also, um, I lost a toenail, um, actually, not in trekking, it was doing the office move, wasn't it? I dropped something heavy on my foot, but um, yeah, so get yourself one of them to look after your feet. Looking after your feet is one of those important things. Um, the other thing is, is the, the socks and the insoles that you use as well can make a huge difference, yeah. Um, so providing like a good solid support base does tend to prevent that foot from spreading and sliding and rubbing um i bought myself a set of the um super feet trailblazers to be honest they make 40 quid which is ludicrous for a set of insoles but actually having worn them um they're fantastic so i think insoles is where you're going to start next is socks how thick are they if you're wearing like crazy thick socks you don't really need to these days particularly not for edc or tanzania um i tend to only wear a mid-weight sock with a good boot and that's tends to be fine for me yeah um the other thing i think with recommendations maybe like la sportiva i know are really good technical boots but they're very narrow they tend to be uh you know like most things italian sort of stylish and narrow i think try scarpa they're really good um there are other mate like uh, i think millet do boots as well and stuff like that um yeah, Mandels, but I actually think they're quite narrow. To be fair, they are narrow. It's it's a really good good point because all these wonderful all these wonderful shoes sometimes they are a bit tight, aren't they? And I yeah. think um, it might be worth going to a specialist. So if you can get to uh, shore, and I know it's challenging at the moment because of um, you know because of our good friend COVID, but uh, you know if you can get someone get 
measured and you know they you can try some on store uh, in store and see if you can get a nice nice fit um you know like like Sinead's mentioned there hey Sinead, great to see you on as always mate um was uh, it called salawa I, I always struggle with pronunciation of that one no, uh, yeah. i've seen them and they look really nice jackets they look very similar to the Mandel Bhutans. i know they've got one that looks very similar yeah and, um uh, but okay if they're wider great um i've not used them myself but yeah maybe maybe worth a shout um but i would say go and see a specialist yeah um, you know if you're going to invest a couple of hundred pounds in in some boots get get them get them get them fitted properly one other, one other thing as well that's just popped into my mind someone might have used them but there's a brand called um i think they're called forge technica or technica yeah. forge where what you do is you go into a store and they heat mold the boot around you i believe it's skiing technology um where you put your feet yeah. in and they heat mold it so it's an exact fit um yeah so i think you know i think if you're having real real trouble you know maybe look into that i've not seen anyone use them and i don't know anyone that's used them but i'm imagining they're going to be pretty good um my only concern with it is obviously if you go in there and you just have your feet measured you know on a normal day and we all know that when you hike and in hot weather and stuff your feet might yeah. swell so does that change the fit slightly um, but that might be that. hopefully that's been a little bit insightful for you anyway um, yeah, it's a good question because um, yeah, it must be a pain, especially with a nail lock. Yeah, it must, uh, must be a problem. I think she, I just read Julie's comment there that she uh, <laughs> just laughed out loud at the toe when we talked about toenails. Yes, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a nice thing to talk about on a lunchtime on a Tuesday, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I said I lost my toenail when uh, it wasn't trekking though. It was when we were doing the office move and I dropped something. Um, yeah, my table on my foot. What do we have behind me, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, box of water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, just going through the uh, the email questions again, just to, to get them because we had, we had quite a few this morning. Um, how much clothing should I wear at night on the EBC trek? Uh, how cold will it get? Um, yeah, so really good question, Sophie. I mean, Dave touched on it sort of you know about ten minutes ago when he talked about um, you know how what to wear you know whilst using a sleeping bag, and depending on how cold it is. Because it, does, it is dependent on you. I know some people that just sleep in their underwear uh, because, like like Dave, they run hot, don't really need too much, especially the first few days on the EBC trip yeah. um, until you get above 4,000 meters. And then, you know, if you feel cold, then put something on. And I think you, you, you'll find your own you'll find your own sort of comfort zone, if you like, um, you know, because it's not something that we say, right, do this, do that. I think you've got to find it out for yourself, um, you know, and, and really – find what works for you and uh, you know when you're on there you'll you feel okay i'm a bit cold i'll put something else on yeah you, you'll know what's right for you um percent yeah. i mean i've gone from sleeping in just my my pants my underwear um going all the way to wearing my down jacket to bed in gorakshap because it was it was minus 25 uh but that was during winter so uh, when you're thinking about it do think about what time of year you're going um whether it's you know say february or march uh, or if it's sort of November, uh, the latter part of the season in the year, then you're going to be colder than the other months. So, yeah, it's worth um, thinking. I'm, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what, when you're booked into there, but um, regarding your month uh, that you're going, uh, definitely um, worth taking into account. But, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll work that out. Um, in terms of how cold will it get, again, time of year um, can change. Uh, you know, sometimes it can go down, as I mentioned, minus 25. Sometimes it could be 10 degrees. Um, I mean, during the day, geez, I mean, sometimes you get 20 degrees and it's shorts and T-shirt weather, especially around sort of April, May uh, or September, October. 
um, if you're trekking to, to EBC. Yeah. But then in winter, you know, you, you could be trekking during the day in minus 15. So, you know, it is very varied. But uh, as Dave always says, you know, plan for four seasons um, and you and you or pack for four seasons and you won't go far wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And remember, you know, don't overthink it. Like Andy says, if you're too cold in your sleeping bag, put your jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no rules to this, you know, as long as we're all warm and uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, okay, jo another boots question. Uh, <laughs> Dave raves about the Mendel Bhutan. I do. I do rave about it. It's a brilliant boot. It's changed my life um, for EBC. But could he use the Tonal or Island GTX boots? Prefer a softer boot than a leather design as always finds them too stiff. Fair comment. Um, can we discuss the do's and don'ts for feet warm? For also seen a lot of talk of doubling up socks and stuff. Yeah. yeah, feet warm seems to be a particular one. I mean, honestly, I've never really felt like my feet were freezing when I've been in the Mandel Bhutans and a set of socks and stuff like that. Well, I would say is, yeah, if you want to use like a softer boot, like, um, you know, the I know the Mandel's Gore-Tex, but when I, for some reason, when I think of Gore-Tex, I always think of like the synthetic material, the lighter weight stuff, you know? Totally fine, totally fine yeah. for, um, you know, EBC and, and Kilimanjaro and stuff like that. Um, the reason why I ended up with the leather boots was I could never find one that was, like, giving me, I mean, man, I'm nearly, you know, nearly 40, you know, knees gone a bit, you know. And I know that's not too old, but there's a lot of mileage in that time. <laughs> and, um, the uh, Exactly. So, yeah, the, the Mendel Bhutans, I think, give me the best support. Combined with the Trailblazer insoles, there I think they're perfect. However, I have used uh, North Face Hedgehogs. Um, I had a pair of um, Las Portivas that I used. Um, that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> bro broke broke them in on the Glencoe Challenge. Um, I've used uh, what are they Hakka One Ones. Uh, yeah. They're really really mega lightweight, super cushioned, um, which I tried out and stuff like that. So yeah, I find find a pair that works for you. Um, make sure the fit is right. The fit has to be right. If the fit's wrong, everything else about it, the boots will be wrong as well. Um, so if you go to Cotswold or any other of those places, they can do a fit for you and tell you exactly what boot to start with. So, and then you can go from there when you try different boots, but at least you know what size you need to be looking at. And also doubling up of socks, I wouldn't recommend it. I think it might cause your feet to sweat. If your feet sweat, they're going to slip and rub and get blisters. Um, so I think... You know, rather than wearing two pairs of socks, I'd rather wear one pair of socks that does the job of two. Um, and they are out there, so definitely have a look at them. Um, but I don't recommend two pairs of socks. I, don't, I mean, maybe around the lodge and stuff like that if your feet are freezing. Yeah. Um, but day to day, I would say no. One one good pair of like uh, merino wool socks or bamboo socks or something like that would be perfect. Yeah, nice, Dave. I, whilst on the double socks thing, it is something I've done before. And, and Dave is right, your feet do overheat. Um, it does stop you from getting blisters, which is a bonus because instead of rubbing against the boot, you're rubbing against the two socks are kind of rubbing against each other. So it can work. Um, but again, it comes down to the individual. You know, if, if you if you get cold feet, could work for you. Uh, if you're like Dave and you run hot, might not work for you. Yeah. Um, again, it's worth of, of maybe trying it out. But um, one question we'll answer because I, I feel like we're maybe kindred spirits here. Sital, uh, you mentioned your nose is like a knew you were going to answer that. Knew you were going to answer that. <laughs> I knew it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, any advice for constant runny noses on the tracks? It's so annoying. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm, the, I'm very similar to that. I broke my nose playing football when I was a teenager and I've never had it reset. So and, and over the years, I've had some issues and I'm waiting for an operation on it. 
Um, but I, yeah, constant runny nose. It's like like always having a cold, and it's mad because people are like, oh, have you got a cold? And I'm like, no, it's my nose. Um, yeah, people sort of always ask about me. And, yeah, on a trip, it does – it can become – quite annoying because yeah you, you need to carry tissues or uh, you know handkerchief whatever you use um yeah sometimes it is to do with allergies i've noticed um so definitely keep up to date if you're taking um any antihistamines it can limit any allergies with dust because especially on everest base camp and killy um and thinking back to sort of tube carl i mean i mean i'm talking about any trek now where there's a lot of dust and you're on the trail it can irritate your nose and it will run more so definitely, um, you know, keep up to date with antihistamines and take some. I do when I'm on a trip just to minimize the, the flow. Um, but other than I know it sounds dodgy. But, yeah, I, I mean, all you can do sometimes is, is kind of deal with it and think, OK, just as long as you've got you know, a tissue with you um, or, or something to, to get rid of it, because it is annoying. Um, and, yeah, if for everyone's different. For me, it's because I've got some um, some polyps, which I'm getting removed. Um, not to go into too much detail, but um, yeah, and that's the cause of it. Um, some people has allergies. It, so it depends. Um, I think Lee Stevenson mentions um, she has a similar thing. So yeah, it's, uh, it can be a bit of a pain. I know your pain. Trust me. Um, <laughs> it's how it's, uh, and so does Dave, because he's like, Andy, haven't you got that like 25-year-old tissue that you always use? And I'm like, no. Yeah, it's exactly. I've said to Andy, he's had a sniffle ever since I've known him. I've never known him not have a sniffle or a runny nose or anything like that. So in the cold on a mountain, you just got to try not to walk behind him. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's slipping everywhere. But, um, no, I, I have seen other people suffer with it. I know it's a nightmare. I think maybe keeping your chest and face warm might make a difference. But having yeah. said that, you might just end up with a soaking wet buff. I don't know. Um, I wish you all the best with it. Um, uh what's uh let's have a quick look what other questions have we got uh priscilla uh what sort of boots and trousers would you buy um if we're talking about stuff to keep me warm um again i i'll bring more than one type on a trek with me so you're going to need more than one pair of trousers anyway and i recommend if you're going to bring two or three pairs normally i have three pairs so two pairs of sort of lightweight trekking trousers and then like a warmer pair um the ones i like using at the moment are the montane terra uh the stretch um material really comfortable really lightweight though which is perfect for me because they don't really then you know, they won't keep you warm if it's cold they just won't um but in terms of like trekking during the day and stuff they're perfect yeah they're, they're uh, brilliant I, I used them um about two or three weeks ago actually on cadaridris and um the terra pants and they're they're brilliant pants i've used them on killy as well they're, they're yeah really obviously not the thickest so if it's cold maybe you're looking at uh you know uh, maybe an underlayer yeah. But they, um, they're definitely um, good, good trousers. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, that's all right. And then on, um, on when, so for instance, I used those, the, the Montane Terra pants all the way up to um, sort of Kilimanjaro summit night, which is what I'll keep going back to because it was the coldest I've ever been on a trip. Um, and then on there, I used them, I'll have to find out the make, but they were RAB and they were, they were winter lined RAB technical pants basically. So, yeah. They were, um, they were like, they had a fleece lining in them and stuff like that, and a shell material. Um, they're really warm, really comfortable. Um, they've got vents down the sides as well, so on the way down, when it got hot, I could open the vent and let some heat out. Um, so they're really good for that. So generally speaking, I'll bring sort of, you know, a couple of pairs. Um, preparing for all four seasons again, I'll also have like a pair of uh, waterproof pull-on trousers. 
yeah. which I actually forgot to take with me to Kilimanjaro. And do you remember the pair I got given Anne from the guide? Very well, very well. They, they fitted you really well. Oh, they, they fitted me lovely. Yeah, they fitted me lovely. Um, as long as I didn't bend over or sneeze, <laughs> um, they, they stayed on. But like, yeah, the, the guide borrowed some and the guide, um, Yessi, who is like, um, you know, the fittest guy I know, marathon runner, um, probably I'm like three times his size and weight. Um, so yeah, when he gave me these waterproof trousers, um, yeah, I couldn't bend over to pick anything up for all until I got down. <laughs> that was yeah, a nightmare. Yeah, so important advice there is to make sure that they do fit. Yeah. And with mobility as well, make sure you can bend down and move about a bit. Um, but nice, Dave. Um, a couple of questions. I think Ken, uh, Ken O'Leary's asked about um, what are your gut feelings of early next year? Um, yeah, I think we're talking about the trips. Um, it's we kind of feel like we always talk about this on the line because uh, you know it's important and yeah it's you know next year we are um we're working towards running our trips we we're so excited to be running them i gotta be honest um you know because this year has been mad uh not been able to run any trips since march so which has been a so it's been a very different year but yeah we're planning to uh, uh, right this second to, to go ahead um i know we've had some conversations this week um at least over the last couple of days with all yeah. of our suppliers dave i know you've been speaking to them, um, trying to get, you know, working towards like what it's, what it's looking like and, and plans, um, you know, in yeah. terms of social distancing, you know, all the usual stuff that we have to think about now. And yeah, um, you know, as, uh, from, from us to you, um, you know, we're, we're fingers crossed that the spring will go ahead, um, you know, and we can start running these trips again. So yeah, other than that, we can't really provide any more info. I'd love to, um, but yeah, we're, we're just, we're just, we're ready. Um, yeah. you know, as our trips can go ahead then, We'll be like, right, let's get out there. And, you know, I know a lot of people booking flights and looking at visas and injections and just getting that excited feeling, you know, when before yeah. a trip. And you know what that's like, you know, because the build up to a trip is, is, is almost, I mean, from experience, is almost as important as the trip because you're getting ready for it and you're getting psyched up, you know, so, you're, so your head's in the right place, um, you know. But, yeah, so regarding our uh, abroad trips, um, yeah, we're all good to go. Um, yeah, regarding training weekends, um, again, good to go. We're really excited. I can't wait to, to get out and meet our ever trekkers and do some trekking. Um, we got the first one in January, I believe. January. Uh, January. Diane, Diane's actually asked about it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Diane, how are you doing? Always great to see you on the live. Um, yeah, can't wait to see you in in January and February. We're um, just to do some trekking. You know, we <laughs> we uh, it's it's been a while, Dave, isn't it? Yes, yeah, but well, yeah, it's ridiculous now. I think life is beginning to turn back to normal. But yeah. it's so up and down, you know, you get news of a vaccine, things start to relax, things start to move up, and you're really hopeful that that's going to stick. And then, it, and then it locks down again. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think we, like, I don't know when I'll be able to say anything with 100% certainty ever again. But what we, like Andy said, you know, we're, we're proceeding every day now, like these trips are going to happen. We're preparing for them to happen. Um, I'm currently in a process. I've been doing it today and this morning, speaking to all of our team in all the countries that we go to gathering information on um, what it's like, what measures we're going to be using, um, because we want to we want to stick to the highest standard possible um, to make sure that every one of you, you know, is particularly safe. We know that there are conflicting views on what to do and what not to do. We're going to take an approach of sort of caution, you know, like anything. It's another part of our risk management system. Um, we want to get you out there, get you to wherever you want to be, EBC, Summit of Kili, Machu Picchu, and get you back healthy. And then you're, then you're free to do whatever you want. <laughs> but um but yeah we'll be taking measures to make sure that everyone is sort of safe and healthy and remains that way on all of our trips 
training weekends, as Andy said, you know, it's, it's, it's the same boat as Nepal, really. I mean, um, as long as the, uh, the powers that be say go, then we say go. Um, yeah. Like, I, to, trust me, I want to get out there, is doing my nutting. <laughs> I'm not being able to go no, out Dave, I know it's mad, isn't it? You've had a you've had a COVID test this week, right? Yes, yeah, had a COVID test this week. Yeah, yeah, that was good. He is negative. Uh, yeah, came back <laughs> negative. Yeah, so I am now COVID negative. Yeah, but had to had to have a test. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's part and parcel of daily life now. I think. I think over the course of the next few years, most people will experience some form of like, uh, you know, interaction with it. I mean, I've been lucky. Touch wood. Um, you know, no no one I know has has really suffered with it or anything like that um i'm sure a lot of people have you know had a much harder time than me but yeah covid test yeah interesting wasn't up the nose which i was uh, glad about to be honest i've seen those ones go up the nose and that didn't happen to me so i was yeah really pleased <laughs> yeah they struggled um, i gotta be honest uh, finding a way out um but yeah just a couple of questions around training weekend um helen can you join join the training weekend if you're not booked on a trip? Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, we uh, we don't say no. We, we're not no people. Um, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're if you if you want if you book with someone else, or that's fine. Mainly for ever trekkers, you know, just to be open and transparent with you. So most people will be booked on to a trip, but we're you know we're we're open, inclusive. So yeah, if anyone else wants to come with us, great stuff. Just book yourself in. Um, if Lauren uh, is on the live. Just put the link into the training weekend. Um, Jerome, I know you asked about cost. I believe um, it's two hundred ninety-five pounds for the weekend um, for the uh, for the two-day sort of trip. You say two days, just two nights. Um, we sort of meet on the Friday afternoon, uh, late afternoon, sort of catch up. Um, you know, wait till everyone's arrived because generally people are you know arriving from all over the the UK. Um, they are in the Brecon Beacons, um, which is pretty much our, our sort of backyard, if you like. Uh, yeah. Skills weekends in other parts of Scotland, Snowdonia, but in terms of the high altitude stuff, um, which is myself and Dave, and the training weekends we've run before over the last four years, um, then the training weekends are the ones we run in Brecon Beacons, and they're great weekends, you know. And essentially, we don't teach you anything that you probably don't already know, but we also we, we also show you about how Evertrek works. Uh, obviously, you get to um, you know catch up with us, and it's like a imagine this Q and A like this, but all weekend. Yeah, yeah, um, it's <laughs> <in the> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's great, it's great fun to be honest. We love the training weekends. I mean, um, you'll also, yeah, you'll also meet some of the um, you know, the wider Evertrek community. So, quite often, you'll meet John, the great bald yeti. Um, he comes and basically he's uh, he's he lives in Brecon and spends his whole life there. So, um, he tends to we sort of hire him as like a guide basically. So he does a little trial run. Then also the uh, my old man as well, isn't it? He seems to. Douglas uh, comes along, doesn't he? He's uh, done it, done EBC twice. He's uh, he's a very knowledgeable guy. One point five times. One point five. Well, one point nine five. Oh, very... one point nine times. Yeah, we'll give him that. Um, he was quite he's, close. He's, he knows his stuff um, about uh, anything to do with Everett Base Camp. So yeah, he's uh, he's very knowledgeable now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The what what would what, what would we what Yeti name would we call Doug? Uh, he's the sloth yeti. He's the sloth, isn't he? Yeah. He's the sloth, yeah, because he, um, yeah, my dad comes along primarily to reassure people that are worried about walking too slowly, um, that there is no pace that is too slow. Um, he broke his ankle recently and um, and then yeah, recovered yeah. from that. And um, he's running again now, you know, not, not too bad, not too shabby. Yeah, he's very, uh, and how old, how old did your dad, 63, 64? 
Oh, yeah. This comes up quite a lot, doesn't it? 62, 63. I'm going to go with 63. Uh, Doug's going to tell me off now. He's like, how could you call me 64? Yeah, no, he's definitely 64. Well, John, John thought he was 70. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mind you, that's no, you know, we, we trekked with a gentleman, Dave, last April, 72, smashed it. You know, absolutely smashed it. I just saw Jerome's comment there saying um, he was, uh, you know, he'd really love to do Aconcagua, but didn't know if he'd be able to. Jerome, mate, it's all up here, my friend. Um, you know, if you're out and you're moving and you feel good and you do EBC and you've done Killy, why not? Why not do Aconcagua? You know, I think um, you don't lose anything, you know, from trying. You know, you'll get out there, have an awesome time. You know, I'm pretty certain you'll make it to the summit. And if you don't, so what? You spend an awesome time trekking in Argentina, going to back in Cagua, all that awesome stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, most most successful mountaineers uh, like don't start until they're around forty. Like most Everest summits are like in people in their forties. Um, great. I've got some more questions, guys. I know the um, who is it? I think it's Julie Dallow mentioned around. You put the info about charity trips on the website yet? Um, so, yeah, last week um, we had Brecken Mountain Rescue here. Um, so, yeah, with regards to our trips, I mean, we um, it was basically around having a charity pack. So um, that link is, if Lauren, if you could put the link in the in the live stream here, um, just you can actually download the, the charity, ultimate charity guide. So it basically sort of a few things about how to fundraise um, and essentially then how to fundraise for your trip. Now, we don't do any trips, treks that are just for... Um, <laughs> Your mum has just come in, Dave, just to remind you of your dad's birthday, by the way. 63, next birthday. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with regards to the um, with the charity side, uh, they're not, we don't do charity treks. As in, you can raise money for any trip that you go on because um, that's kind of the way we, we do it. So they're not specifically for charity, Julie, but you, know, you can choose a charity of your own or you can choose to fundraise. For our um, chosen charity, which is uh, you know UK, uh, which is Brecon Mountain Rescue, um, but obviously you can fundraise for for anyone. Yeah, uh, but I hope the guide comes in handy. So definitely get that. Um, you know, take a look at that guide because Fee, our awesome uh, Bimblin Yeti, although she is a charity Yeti, really, um, she's put some really good info there and how to maximise your fundraising. Um, yeah, to to raise money for your chosen charity. Yeah, he knows that. Um, right, Dave. Yeah, right. We got a couple more questions. We'll smash through. I know we've been going for fifty minutes already. Um, what are we going through here? Just have a little look. Um, uh, Tracy uh, Parker Moisey, how important are the waterproof trousers? Good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't go on any trek without them, except when I forget. Um, but yeah, every single trek, they they wrap up small. I've got a pair of uh, Berghaus Gore-Tex ones. Um, the over trousers. So I don't bother. Like I know makes like Paramo. Yeah. I do really, really good waterproof trousers that are just just that trousers that you put on. You can wear them, track in them, and they're waterproof. I find that I get too hot in them, so um, what I'll tend to do is get a lightweight pair of over trousers, throw them on when you need to. Um, I take them on every trip because I think all bar one EBC trip, I've encountered some rain at some point. Whether that um, usually in the lower altitude, so on the first two days or the last two days, you might encounter some. Um, and on Kilimanjaro, because it's its own sort of microclimate, particularly in the early half of the year, um, you'll get like little rain showers throughout the day. Pretty much most days and one day we had a little rain shower. Um, yeah, yeah, you get get a little bit of rain. Um, and yeah, you know, it's good to be prepared. And again, having the, the four seasons worth there just to protect you if you did. I mean, you, you had a, a poncho as well, right? Just to sort of chuck yeah. on. 
yeah um well you could get like really good ponchos like um i had like a reusable plastic one it cost me like three pounds yeah um but yeah you can actually get really good ones you can pay about 40 50 quid and they last you know it's it's just like having a big giant gore-tex jacket over you um and yeah they are really good um it just takes the edge off in it you know on kilimanjaro i found i used the poncho i haven't used it on ebc i tend just to use my jacket and waterproof trousers if it rains on ebc but on Killy, I did because it would be so sort of off and on. Um, so, yeah, handy just to throw it on. Ah, nice. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Fee's put a little email there if anyone's got any charity questions. Uh, oh, is... Fee, put in your personal email address. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, no, but there's, there's a few questions. I know people have mentioned Akon Kagia as well. And I know Diane is, um, is looking to potentially go. Um, yeah, it is. You know, it's always worth thinking that, um, you know, because Diane um, and I know other people who are looking at it, it is it is a challenge um, at Concagua. It is almost 7,000 metres, um, you know, but it is, again, it's not technical. Um, you know, it's just the physical stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've been, you know, we're all sort of friends on social media as well. And I know a lot of you are really into your, um, your fitness side of it. And you're more than capable of doing that. Um, but obviously it's got to be right with you guys and, um, you know, and it's, if you, if you want to come with us, we'd love to have you, um, whether that be, you know, in a few years time, uh, after doing EBC and Killy, I mean, I, I suppose it's worth thinking as well that, yeah, Killy is five, eight, nine, five meters, which is, is high. Yeah. You know, if you could do that, um, you know, you're, you're talking about another thousand meters then track on Kagua. Um, you know, so yeah, you've got you've got five sixths of the way there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little bit more, but uh, yeah, just as long as you you've got it right in your head, guys, and you want to come with us, we'd we'd love to have you. I liked uh, I liked Helen's comment. She said um, she'll take a look at the training weekends, but in her error, she booked Killy with another company <laughs> before <laughs> discovering us. That's fine. I'm sure they'll be great. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll have an awesome time. One thing I we always say to everybody that's part of our community is, you know, put our number in your mobile. If you need any help when you're there and um, you're not finding it anywhere else, then give us a call and we'll be happy to help you. You know, yeah. um, you know, we've done that for people before, so yeah, all good. But no, have an awesome time at Killy. But yeah, come on a training weekend and then go to Everest Base Camp or uh, <laughs> Island Peak or something. You know, we'll take you on an awesome trip. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's all good. Talking about trips, someone's asked. I think it was uh, Priscilla. Um, I know you talked about boots and trousers, but also how popular is EBC via Gokyo Valley? Um, you go in November next year, worried you'll be the only one. Yeah, very rarely, very rare do we get people on their own. Um, sometimes, um, you know, in, in total transparency, because, you know, our, our dates are available. And if only yourself books onto a date, because we still run trips for one person. So we, we guarantee as long as anyone's booked in, we'll guarantee to run the date, um, you know, and that could be nice. But it is also nice to trek with people. So, yeah, um, you know, we can uh, we'll double check your date, Priscilla, and, and let you know. But generally, you know, with Gokyo Valley, you're looking at anything between six to eight people in your group. Yeah. Um, general, and with, with a classic group, um, you know, you, you're talking a few more than that. Um, you know, sort of 12 people um, on average, I'd say, on an Everest Base Camp trip. Um, you know, so, yeah, you, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've got any sort of concerns around that, drop us a little email info evertrek.co.uk and we can sort of work out and check who's on your date and um you know you've got till november next year as well and especially oh, excuse me uh, once we start running trips uh, in the spring um you know and a, a bit more confidence is there i'm sure you'll get more people book in as well if there's not many but yeah. generally happens as we creep towards the season but uh, uh we've uh, 
moment we've we've sold out i think 75 of our trip dates so far over the next two years so you know lots of our trips are, are becoming really popular now so yeah get get you know look forward to having you with us yeah what what date did you book on to and i can't see it uh, she hasn't put on here it's just said november next year oh okay yeah um, I mean, i'm sure it'll be fine uh, yeah yeah, I could have done a little check for you, but um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, it's part of the reason. I mean, it, it's kind of a swing around about thing, but we yeah. would rather send one person on their own with a guide and the porter than yeah. cancel the trip of one person because no one else booked on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's about managing yeah. that. But I think you're never really on your own. You know, that the, as soon as you're out in the mountains and stuff, you'll always meet other people, other trekkers and stuff. You've yeah. got the guides and things to talk to. So um you know you won't feel uh you won't feel lonely when you're there but uh, you know very rarely do we send one person on their own um yeah if anything we've got the opposite problem here is trying to get you know trying to we've got too yeah. many people <laughs> you know well especially with you know we, we've had to we've opened up a lot of new dates um you know with our trips now just because of uh, people moving because we've had to um you know reschedule two seasons um yeah. you know we haven't done before but you know, it's uh, we, we've managed it and we've made sure that everyone's on a trip and um, it's not going to impact their trip. So yeah, we we just can't wait to to run them now. Yeah, uh, yeah Tony Oakley has asked uh, booked EBC November twenty two. You have an Osprey twenty six liter day sack. Is this going to be sufficient for your day to day use? Yes, Tony, um, that's about right. We always say anything between sort of that size, anything up to say forty liters, forty five liters. We know people like to use. Smaller ones, big ones, whatever works with you. Um, but as long as you've got enough space for your water, your snacks, you know, maybe your jacket to throw on if it gets cold, your gloves, um, you know, some snacks, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, 26 litres and, and looking at the Osprey 26 litres, I know they're, yeah. they're good bags, you know. they got a lot of areas you can dump stuff. So, yeah, that sounds fine for me, Tony. Go for it. If it's the Stratos as well, which I think is 26 litres, I've got yeah. one and I used it on Killy totally fine yeah no. totally fine personally i think yeah andy tends to run a bigger bag than me don't you you tend to have like a 30 to 40 liter type bag i tend to be like 25 to 35 yeah um yeah yeah nice size bag and uh definitely we've got um uh, again some some content out there i know we've done a live all around day packs um so have a look at previous lives or if, if, if it's worth it going on to our youtube channel um, just check the, um, cause we've done a whole live just on bags. Um, so yeah, uh, Tony, if you're looking for inspiration for other bags or drop it in the high altitude ever trackers group. Um, you know, uh, if you ask what bag, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what bag people use for trips, I'm sure you get heaps of recommendations, but I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, just going through, let's have a little look, uh, just going through here. I think Diane talked about. Um, oh, sorry, Dan. I think we've answered this when you asked about the the training weekend going ahead. Yeah. Um, someone said they're tempting to do EBC and Island Peak. I think that was Lee. Um, Lee Stevenson's on here. Um, and you asked about you. You're looking to book EBC, but tempted to include Island Peak. How much more physical is it to do them together? Yeah, I'd say <clears throat> if you do an Island Peak or the ultimate Island Peak route via Gokio Valley, it's probably one of the hardest routes we do um you know so we want to be upfront with that it's compared to just doing everest base camp it is more difficult yeah um you're going over two high passes chola pass um which is from gokyo valley over to the kumbu valley and then you've got kongmela uh, which is the the highest one and then you go in over six thousand meters with island peak so yeah it's challenging but hey look you know we've had people who've done it off the bat before um who just went who haven't been to altitude before and and they succeeded so 
yeah, uh, if you want to do it, you know, we're more than happy to have a chat. And if you feel like you you want to go for it and give it a go, um, obviously you're going to see Everest Base Camp as well. Then we'd love to have you with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you, I always think, you know, it's difficult because we don't want to sort of pigeonhole people and say, yeah, okay, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Because our personal feelings is that everyone can do what they want to do, essentially. Um, it's down to you. And if you feel like you've got the, um, the, 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 the almost the motivation to want to do those, then yeah. brilliant. Then we'll chat about the how. Um, you know, how much training do you need to do? Um, what equipment do you need? Um, you know, so yeah, we, we'd love to have you with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Dave, what next questions? Uh, I know um, we're you're going an hour now, but we've I think so, yeah. Beverly Sage, any update on the medals for your treks? Um, the Lozatron 5000 is on that one big time. Um, essentially, it's a supply issue. As soon as we get them and the certificates yep. and things like that, um, you know, we're going to get them out again. Um, what happened was we, 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 we started them one season and yep. then COVID and interruptions and stuff like that. So, yeah, trying to get everybody's um, like backdated and sent out. Don't worry, we haven't forgot about you. We will definitely get them up and running because they are awesome. Um, but, yeah, we'll get those done. Um, yeah, so having a quick look uh, now, I think, well, we might almost be there now. Yeah, actually going uh, through, I think we, we, we've covered a lot. I mean, yeah, it's been great. I know we, we started off talking about winter, um, different things. I know we covered down jackets, sleeping bags, and I think obviously heaps of questions around it. Yeah. But, yeah, essentially, um, you know, let us know how you're getting on. Uh, you know, it's time of year now where we love getting out because it's winter conditions. It's, it's One, it's quieter. And yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, uh, getting out and a bit of snow in the mountains. I think maybe this Friday there might be some snow in Brecon Beacons. Um, I should be quiet, really, so it's quiet. But mm -hmm. <laughs> if anyone's out in the Brecon Beacons this week, um, great. I know England's coming out of lockdown, so maybe it'd be a few of you out uh, out and about uh, in England as well. So stay safe and enjoy it out there. Um, take the right gear, as always. Um, get some good training in for when we're allowed to, to go trekking uh, abroad um but yeah anything anything else dave for me no that's pretty much it for me i'm happy um like always we start talking about one thing but you know love a kit chat <laughs> i always talk about um, yeah it always goes the same you know any questions or anything like that you know when you don't want to wait till tuesday then just drop us a message and we'll uh you know we'll we'll have a chat about it and sort that out but um no other than that yeah take care stay warm and uh yeah we'll see you soon lovely i'll mix it he's going tonight ah oh, mick Send us some pictures, Nick. We uh, love to love to see it. But uh, yeah, you guys take care, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next Tuesday. And uh, yeah, all the best. Nice one. All the best, guys. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now but if uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>